You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Bear. My job is to bring you the best information from the best experts, best thinkers in all of dentistry to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today we're going to do just that with a brand new friend of mine, Shelly DeGroff, and she helps dentists understand PPOs better. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about negotiating fees, umbrella coverages, shared agreements, all of those things that you need to know as a dentist. So you can answer the question, insurance free, is it for me? So listen up. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you soon. guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam around here. Our job is to find some great thinkers, great leaders, great experts in dentistry to help you think better about your practice. And we're going to do exactly that with a new friend of mine on the show, Shelly DeGraw. And she's going to help us answer the question, insurance-free, is it right for me? What a great topic, and you're going to love this, so I encourage you to stick around. And so I love all the, the requests and all the notes you guys give me, and we're lining up all these episodes as, uh, as we get rolling here, so keep sending them in, and I'm just super, super grateful. But I want to start with this. Shelly, thanks for being on the podcast. I am, in full transparency, you and I are just meeting right now for the first time officially. I've watched some of your stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get her on the show. So I want the listeners to know who's Shelly DeGroff? What do you do? Who are you? Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And I do PPO everything. PPO negotiations, PPO education, getting out of contracts, understanding contracts. So our company name, PPO Advisors, and it really encompasses everything. We want to educate, educate so that we can be better and kind of help this industry along with insurance because it's a hard road to go down. <laughs> it's a hard road and it's getting weirder and there's more turns. Wouldn't you agree? Like you've been doing this a while. It's, it's, it's officially weird now, don't you it's think? It is. It is. It's weird. And you would think some of the changes we've seen in the past years are like, it can't get any more complicated than this. Mm-hmm. Nope. They pull another rabbit out of the hat and it's more complicated. So I would say what we're seeing now is some of the weirdest things I've seen. And I've been doing this for 13 some years. 
Wow. So, um, and I love this topic, you know, and I want to be clear, like we're not bashing insurance or maybe we will, who knows? I don't know. Um, but, uh, let's talk about the why. So if I'm a young dentist listening to this, Shelly, why is this such an important topic? Because credentialing and insurance contracts are not what they used to be. So it used to be, you could just sign up with an insurance company and you were going to get a great rate and you were going to get patients from that contract. And it doesn't work that way anymore. You're signing up for a contract or with a contract and you're getting 50 other shared networks with that. And if you don't set yourself up into the right contracts, you're really backing yourself into a corner for successful PPO negotiations and contracting down the road. So we really need to understand what we're doing so the success of our practice can continue to grow. Okay. So I want to ask you about both of those credentialing uh, that whole process. And then the contract itself, it's amazing how many dentists will go, do you ever contract? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, you signed something. They don't even know they signed it. And I've actually seen a few of them that have the plastic on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? They haven't even opened them. So let's go to the credentialing. What do I need to know about credentialing now that's important? It's not fast. Nothing about credentialing is fast. So prepare yourself. If you're a new doctor doing an acquisition or doing a startup, you need about 120 days to get yourself a network. So don't wait until you take ownership. Start that process as soon as you have the letter of uh, intent signed and you know this practice will become yours um, or your startup six months in advance if you can. You know, As you're still building out, get your PPO set up. You need a tax ID number, a physical address, a phone number, which you can, you know, get a Google number and then we can transfer that somewhere else if we need to. But those are really the key things we need to get you set up with an insurance contract. So get that process going as soon as possible. Don't wait around and think, oh, I've got 30 days till closing. I know this is in the bag. Now I'm going to start the process. You're going to overwhelm your staff and you're going to overwhelm yourself. So yeah. insurance, it's hard. It's, it's a long process. They don't make it easy. Okay. And then as a dentist, if you're young and you're listening, I don't even know what to sign up for, nor do I know where this is going to end. And let me explain, like, let's say I'm buying a practice, but, but Shelly, the, the practice I'm buying, he's PPO, you know, um, you know, he's, he's blank premier. I should be able to get premier also. Can you start with that complexity? <laughs> You just opened up a whole new bag of <laughs> drama here. So Delta Premier is everybody's worst nightmare. And Delta Premier is one of those situations where most states, we're to the point where now we're seeing most states do not honor Premier status through an acquisition or any sort of change. So even if you're bringing on a partner, business partner, and you change your TIN, most states are removing the Delta Premier access at that point. So grandfathered in is truly grandfathered in in these states, meaning you can't change a thing. So when you buy a practice, you really got to be looking at the numbers and saying, okay, when I come into this, the practice was premier and they were doing, you know, 300,000 in production with Delta, my uh, reimbursements are going to be significantly less on that. And so how are we going to change the narrative here? We need to do better with the remaining PPOs and we need to have a strategy. And a lot of practices, oddly or not oddly, I wouldn't say it's odd. I'm really happy that they're looking at this option. 
but they're choosing to say, you know what? No, Delta, not right now. I, I can't do it. Right. So those are things that, you know, when we say the title insurance free, is it right for me? It's definitely not one of those scenarios where we want everyone to just jump ship at once. We want everyone to strategically look at how they can be successful with the right contracts and what that's going to look like long term. Absolutely. And I would say, you know, I'll add, we'll add some instruction on this one. So if you're listening, don't do this on your own. This is why you reach out to Shelly so she can understand, help you understand what you're reading. Now, this also benefits, um, let's say you're a mature dentist and you're in the sunset part of your career and you're like, well, I've been on Premiere for a while. I'm just going to bring in an associate. The associate comes in is not under the same circumstances. So here's what I run into, Shelly. Help us unpackage this. So a dentist has been actually doing pretty well. And they're like, well, I'm just going to bring in an associate. Well, the associate comes in on different terms. They add three more ops and they start doing the math and they're like, why am I, why do the numbers not add up? So you've got to, you got to look at the whole picture of that. Am I, am I on the right track? Do you see this also? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's now more the norm. So back to, you know, almost every state has removed that Delta Premier status. There's still a few in the Midwest and, you know, some other regions that have that Premier status. But yeah, I mean, it's a significant decrease in reimbursement. And if the majority of your practice is Delta, which almost every practice we work with, the majority of production comes in from Delta. It's the top producer in almost every state you're going to see a difference of anywhere from 15 to 25% in reimbursements on Delta Premier to Delta PPO. So those numbers need to be crunched. We definitely need to have a better game plan in place. And maybe we're going to have to pick up a different PPO in addition to Delta PPO. Maybe we're going to pick up Aetna now that we've never had. And if the rate is negotiated to you know, 80% of the UCR of the practice, well, then that helps offset that major deficit we took by becoming a Delta PPO for the associate coming on board. And then we can start to schedule out and not receive as many Delta patients. And we start filling our chair space with better PPOs. So strategically looking at, you know, how we can make a better game plan long term with the right PPO contracts in play. Okay, this could easily be a three-hour podcast because I you just you just put down three questions I got to ask you about. So, okay, so number one, it, you know, one of the things that's important to understand as a dentist is it isn't always about you know getting rid of all this. You can actually add. Can you explain that? Because I've seen doctors do that. Absolutely. And so part of our services is we do a free evaluation on practices, and we look at a year worth of their production and their PPO reimbursements to get an idea of, you know, what's working in their practice and what's not. And then we can look at your demographic and say, yeah, you're either over-contracted with too many PPOs, these are saturating your chair space, and they're not giving you the reimbursements you need. If we were to add this insurance in instead, drop this one, your PPO rate is going to increase dramatically over here. And even if you lose some of these patients, your money ahead based on what we're adding in value wise. And a lot of these insurances that we drop, as we strategically look at them, look at those out of network benefits. You can still see the majority of these patients with 100% preventative. And then as we move on and it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, it's not that big of a decrease for basic and major. And now if we lose a quarter or a half of that patient base and patient benefit levels aren't changing, you're not losing money, you're gaining. You're, you're working harder or you're working smarter, not harder, which is what we want to really push. 
Yeah. And uh, so the another bomb that you dropped on us is the word negotiate. So years ago, you used to be able to write these letters and people would entertain the letters. So can you give us the like current landscape of negotiate or not be able to negotiate? Everyone should negotiate because you can still negotiate. It's just not as easy as it used to be. It used to be a letter. It used to be send in your UCRs and we'll take a look and we'll bump them up a little bit. It's not like that anymore. Really, the narrative is, is, you know, they try to get rid of you when you call in and ask for an increase, Um, transfer you many times, drop your call, and they hope you get busy with other things. And it doesn't pan out, right? So negotiations means you really need to look at the big picture. Don't waste your time in your negotiations. Understand that there's shared contracting with every PPO you deal with. So Aetna shares its network seven different ways. All right, so how am I participating with Aetna in my practice now? How can I increase the reimbursements with Aetna? Well, I can look at all of those other avenues. And if I'm not a network, negotiate a new fee schedule with one of its shared avenues and get a significantly higher increase that way as well. So if you're not getting, you know, the value out of the current contract you hold, look at your shared contracts and see how you can stack and navigate that whole web of agreements to your advantage. Okay, so you have to define shared coverages or umbrella coverage. This is kind of a new term to dentists. What is that if I've never heard that? Two different things. You have shared agreements and you have umbrella companies. So a shared agreement is typically, for instance, again, Aetna. Aetna is a direct contract. You can go to Aetna and directly get insurance from them or a contract, an insurance contract from them for you to be a provider. In signing that, Aetna has an agreement with guardian, emeritus, principal, and so forth. So it's a shared agreement. So now you're a network with all of their shared options. An umbrella company or a third-party administrator, so TPAs are often called umbrella companies as well, that's not typically insurance. So when you go to Zealous, Zealous is the third-party administrator and the direct contracts share to the umbrellas in a way to expand their network. So when you sign up with Zealous, you're also now getting Aetna, Emeritus, Guardian, and all those big national players, as well as a lot of small demographic players. But it's always to expand that PPO network. Okay, you're giving me a migraine. All right. Uh So, (laughs) no, it's really important to understand this. Now, I heard an industry expert, I'm just relaying what I heard, that write-offs are climbing. So, yeah, and so the national average she shared was 42%. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but on average, if a dentist participates in PPOs, the average across the United States is 42%. Is that true? That's accurate. Uh, It's beyond true. And in all honesty, when we look at our numbers just from our database, it's closer to 45, 50%. Okay, wait, 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 back up. That makes no sense. Okay, so overhead costs. Look at overhead costs right now. What are those averaging? Okay, so if you listen to dental economics, they say 71%. I don't know. Everybody's got a number on this, but that's what I've heard. 72. Okay. And so... Overhead costs are averaging 72%. Write-offs are averaging 42 to 45%. Where's the level of success there? That's crazy. Now, speak to this. 
that number has not always been 42 to 45 percent. If I remember correctly, the last time we did this, I mean, this is way before COVID. You were seeing numbers consistently in 22, 23 percent, you know, and then it just skyrocketed. Why? It's a really great question. There's been a lot of direct contracts or direct networks, and I'm Hopefully it's okay to drop some names here, but you're seeing campaigns of Cigna, Aetna, Denimax, all these companies reducing their fees, saying, hey, you know what? We've paid out too much. We've done too much. We need to lower the pay scale for your demographic. And here's a new fee schedule. Take it or leave it. Wow. And we're seeing a big, that started happening in 2020. As COVID came out and everybody's struggling with their businesses, then they dropped, hey, we're going to reduce your fees too. And as one company starts doing that, they all start doing that. So we've seen significant increases or rise in these write-offs, but they've also still left that door open to play the game. And I keep telling my clients, you've got to look at insurance as a game because that's really what it's turned into. Now, okay, they're reducing your fees here. How can we raise them somewhere else? What do we need to do to get that back to a manageable level? We really need to be seeing write-offs with the, the amount of overhead we're dealing with. Our write-offs need to be in that 20 range, that 20% range, not 40, not 45. Yeah, this is, uh, and again, this is why I love this because I, this is way outside of my circle of expertise. And that's why I invite experts like you on there. So I have so many questions. Um, Tell us more about the game. And then another thing that I have heard, and again, I'm just relaying what I've heard, is like the only way to figure out exactly where you are is to do a regular audit of ELBs. Is that true? So true. Couldn't preach it enough. So the best way to find out how you're participating and how your claims are actually getting paid is on that EOB. Because your EOB is always going to say, this claim was processed utilizing the connection fee schedule, utilizing the Aetna direct fee schedule. The reason why that's important is the most favored nations clause. And every doctor should know what that is. And yet I speak around all over and nobody really knows what that is. So the most favored nations clause is the clause that allows these shared agreements to utilize the lowest fee schedule they can attach to within a practice. So when Aetna shares to Emeritus and Emeritus is shared to Principal and Principal is shared to Guardian, they're all connected through this web. They have the ability to say, oh, this practice, the doctor has a direct contract with Aetna, but they also have one with Guardian and they have one with Connection. Yeah. So now they're looking for the lowest fee schedule to process that claim on if you haven't stacked your contracts accordingly. So I really like to push to my clients when you're researching and trying to find out, you know, what's the next step for us to do better with our insurance and you're trying to vet that right company, negotiations is a part of it, but understanding how to stack and navigate those contracts is just as important because you can negotiate a great rate, but if it's not placed in the right order within your contracts, it will not be utilized. Okay. So as you can see, if you guys are listening, this is way too hard to navigate by yourself. You need help of experts. That's why, that's what the show is all about. Just trying to find the experts. Now I want you to go back to the game because it truly is a game. Now you have to, and the game includes some math. So like, you don't have to tell us like everything because that would be an hour long, but like, what are some of the elements of the game and the math that you like the most? 
So really it's coming down to looking at your fees, your UCR for your zip code, and then looking at all of the fee schedules available in your demographic. So fees are negotiated by zip code, right? So you can't share a fee schedule and call an insurance company and say, hey, my buddy opened up a practice and they're, you know, in a different zip code, but I really want that fee schedule. You're going to get yourself in trouble. So we can't do that. So it comes down to looking at the fees, looking at your master fees. And I want to put some importance on master fees. All too often, master fees are too low for your demographic. And if we continue to keep our master fees too low, then the insurance companies have no reason to increase their reimbursements. So we have to be diligent about increasing master fees yearly. Far too often when we evaluate practices, they're in the 40th percentile and they should be in the 80th. Yeah, that's so true of what we find now. Uh, I haven't heard people use the word master fees. I know what you're, I know exactly. I love the term you've given it. So define master fees. This is because that's really important what you just said. Your master fees are your UCR for the practice. It's the UCR of the practice. And then the insurance company gives you their UCR. And then the difference between the two, if you're a network, is your write-off. I am shocked by the number of people that don't know there's a difference. There's you- a difference. And we never want to see a practice submit full fee as the PPO fee because you are just telling the insurance company, oh, we're paying you 100%. We'll lower your fees next year. Okay. This is, you're amazing. I have like 90 more questions. Okay. So like, <laughs> let me do it. So Shelly, I'm driving in the car. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm heading to my office. Can you give me an idea? People always say, I always ask dentists, like how much PPO? And they have no idea. Now you can answer that question a little little different. They say I'm 30% PPO. Well, it's 80% of our cash. Like give us the simple diagnosis. What would be a simple way to diagnose how involved with PPOs you are? Do you have an idea? Well, a practice needs to look at the... I mean, that's that's a loaded question because I don't want them right. to look at the amount of contracts they hold. Right. Because, oh, I only have two contracts. No, right. you don't. Your contracts are shared out to a million other contracts. So that is not the gauge you want to look at. It is definitely the amount of write-offs that you are providing to your, to your patient base. Um, so your ratio between fee-for-service and PPO. Um, a client that's working with us, they can be 30% PPO and the remainder fee-for-service. We can still help. Um, the reality is there's less than 6% fee-for-service practices left in the United States. Um, now, I think that number is going to start to increase where we are going to see, we just can't keep going. Our next right. step is to become insurance-free because there's just, there's the overhead's too high, the write-offs are too high, and the math doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback on that one too, because my numbers are that I'm, I do a lot of CE. And so you, you know how this works. Like, Okay. And those of you that are listening, you know how this works. You go to one course, you're going to hear numbers over here. And then you hear somebody else say the other thing. I love what you're saying, but the same expert that I heard who said 42% write-off said that nationwide now fee-for-service practices are at 18%, which is climbing for the exact reason you're talking about. Because a lot of people say fee-for-service is dead. Actually, I've been doing this for more than 25 years. People said fee-for-service was dead 25 years ago. But with all of these crazy changes, it makes no sense. I mean, for some people, and this is what the whole title is, is is this right for you that fee-for-service would climb, right? 
Yeah. And we're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it climb. It's so liberating to have these conversations with our clients. They're like, we dropped MetLife. We dropped Delta. Can you help us now with the rest of this? Can we look at the game plan long-term? Because they can't sustain. But we don't want our clients to feel like that's our only option. We right. want to look at the numbers strategically. And our goal is to help you increase what you can, get out of what is not making sense. And then two, three years down the road, maybe you will be completely fee for service. But you don't just want to jump ship all at once because yeah. that can cause a lot of stress on the whole practice. 100%. I'm so glad you said that. And I would, I mean, I, I want, I'm completely aligned with what you're saying because a lot of times dentists do this emotionally. They feel tired, they're angry, and then they just write the letter and then it sends this cascade of things that they never thought. I think you're exactly right. You got to do the math and you got to calculate this and you need the help of an expert to help you through this, you know, forest of things. Um, and one of the things you mentioned this scheduling out. Okay. Now you guys, this is going to be the dicey part. So like everybody talks about how you can't do certain things. You can't talk to one people that, so you got, can you help us through the legal language of this? Because by law, we're supposed to treat everybody with the same respect, but there's no law against scheduling out. Can you describe what that means? Yeah, that's a real gray area. Right. it is. It's, it's really touchy. Uh, and each contract is a little different. So right. like your Medicaid contracts, they're a little bit more lenient on saying, hey, you know, if you don't want to accept new patients, that's completely fine. If you're not accepting new patients this month, but you are next month, perfect. So there's just kind of ways around the lingo to, to be able to schedule out so you fill up chair space with the right PPO patients and then backfill with the ones that just are not paying as much. So, you know, looking at the, 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 the lingo within your contract that will allow you to say the right things so that you don't get into any legal situations, because you're right, we are supposed to treat all patients as though they are the exact same, whether they're fee-for-service, insurance-based, no discrimination. Yeah. So look at that lingo. I don't want to say anything, you know, and tell people to just right away say, oh, these are the things you can say, because it's going to vary contract. 100%. Now, this is why it's extra important if you're a dentist is you have to have everybody on the same page and having a checklist of, okay, listen, our practice, the goals that we have can only support this many XYZ types of patients given those circumstances. You have to abide by the rules. Everybody has to know the rules so you don't get yourself in trouble. But what's really cool about this is that the clarity helps everyone. When you're a dentist and you're just angry and those team members are just, remember, your team members are doing the best they can. They're trying to schedule constantly. And so the less desirable plans that you signed up for, that phone's ringing all the time. So please loop your team members in on what is it that we're trying to do, Doc? Wouldn't you agree, Shelly? Absolutely. Communication is key here and the understanding, because it's scary to go out of network with some of these insurances. And when you spring that on staff too, and they're like, wait a minute, you know, we've had families that have been coming to us for 15 years and we've been accepting their insurance and you're just going to tell them, no more, they're going to leave, right? There's a way to do this. There's a way to talk them through to where they they want to stay with your practice. And if you prepare your team and they understand your end goal, the results really do work. 
Okay, so I love having you on. So I'm going to give you all the questions I get at the bar after. So I'll go to a big meeting, and we're going to be in Chicago in a couple of weeks. You go to the bar afterwards, and everyone's like, "Well, it won't be long," and you know, dentistry is going to be like medicine. And I'm like, "Oh, whatever." So, like, what's the danger ahead? I mean, you hear these two. Like, what what do you say when people say it's all going to be medical insurance? It's just going to be like medicine. I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe, but let me throw that question to you. What do you think? I don't subscribe either. Um, dentists are unique. They own their own businesses. They're not a part of a big network altogether. Now the DSO model's growing, don't get me wrong, um, but we're starting to see some changes there too. So I don't feel like dental insurance is going to leave anytime soon, but I do think we are starting to see a change in the way insurance is going to work for a practice. And so the practices really need to come in tune to, all right, you know, how can we play the game a little bit better than them? And and I think we're gonna see some of the biggest changes here in the next two, three years. I will say uh, the beginning of, well, the end of 2022 and the, just so far in the beginning of 2023, some of the shared contract changes that are happening are pretty crazy. So I think there's big things that are starting to happen and we'll just continue to educate as it comes about so that everyone's on the same page and, and we can make sure that people are making the best decisions for their practice. Yeah. You're saying some great stuff. So when you say play the game, mm -hmm. answer this. So if I'm a, if I own my own business, you know, mm -hmm. I have the, I'm a solo practitioner. I'm playing a different game than the DSO is across the street. Yeah. They get different rates. They get, is that true? It can be. So the the whole group agreement scenario out there, it, it varies. Right. And you hear all the time that DSOs are able to negotiate better rates across the board. What's, what's happening is, is they can leverage a fee schedule from a certain demographic and share that fee schedule across their entire group sometimes. But it's not that the individual provider can't do the same thing. It's just right. demographically, they, they only have one region to work in, right? Um, and what defines a large group, a large DSO? That changes too with each insurance company. So, you know, it, it really, I, I don't want that to get into the minds of these solo practitioners because they still have a lot of leverage that they can fight against those DSOs that are moving in. And the DSOs, a lot of them are not as organized as those individual practices. And so what looks good on, on contract, they're not stacked correctly and they're not getting the good rates either. Yeah. So again, it just comes down to being structured the best you can be for your situation. And a lot of our, our solo practices have fees just as good as the DSOs. Absolutely. So this is so good, Shelly. And so I'm a big fan of, you know, the entrepreneur in yeah. dentistry and I love this country and I think this country needs more entrepreneurs. And so, uh, I also, I tell my kids this too, like the only job security in the world will ever be owning your own thing. So like take that or leave it, but it, it's, the grass is not always greener on the other side by selling your practice and working for somebody else. I mean, Shelly, I'm virtually unemployable. I don't think I could work for another human being. Like if I work for you, you'd fire me in 24 hours. You'd be like, get out of here. It's with all entrepreneurs. Once they're in, they're in and, and they yeah. can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Now I do want to ask what you do, but before we do that, um, the title is insurance free. Is it right for me? So I'm sure you get these young dentists and they're like, nobody can do fee for service anymore. Like help us through this. Like, is can you do 
insurance-free in the future from your perspective? And what would you say to somebody that asks you that question? Absolutely, you can. And I would be worried if you feel like you can't, honestly, because there are so many ways that you can leverage, you know, the grow your practice one way. There's there's in-office membership plans. There's all these other avenues that you can bring in outside revenue that's not tied to PPOs. Now, is it, you know, when you acquire a practice, it's a little bit harder, right? Because you're acquiring a patient base that is used to those PPOs coming in. So that's where we really want to start to kind of thin out the ones that are unnecessary and get them to a manageable level of PPOs and contracts that are sustainable. But those startups where they're looking, you know, if they can keep their overhead costs low and do things the right way, you absolutely can still be fee for service. And we're going to see a big change in that. I love it. I have so many other podcasts I want to do on all these details with you, but um, I'm going to pretend to be the 42 year old listener. I got to practice. It's really good. We're kind of stuck, but I'm cooked. Shelly, like I'm just cooked. Um, How can you help me? You know, walk me through the process. What are you going to do for me? We're going to do a free evaluation. So we're the only company that actually does a free evaluation with negotiations up front. So we're going to look at your entire PPO structure, your uh, contracts that are being shared out that you're unaware of, the EOBs that are paying differently than what you, you thought they were doing. We're going to negotiate all of those avenues for you because really that's what's overwhelming is well who shares to who i don't i don't understand that dynamic in the office right so we're going to lay it all out for them and show them this amount of production that you did in the last 12 months with etna on the current fee schedule and replicated over the next 12 months the exact same production on a new fee schedule this is what we can do so the the return on investment is known in advance. So long as you're willing to produce the same, you know, work the same amount of hours, see the same patients as you've been, we're able to give you a really strong ROI in advance. And, And what that looks like is looking at a certain report out of your practice management software, sharing some EOBs and letting us just spell it out for you so that you don't have to wonder, am I doing it right? Is this the right process? What's the ramifications if I do this? And that's the other thing is transparency. We really want to educate and we want you to know what that hurdle is going to look like. If you decide to transition from one contract to another, is there a hidden out of network timeframe you need to be prepared for? Do you need to uh, be prepared for a letter to be sent to your patients where the insurance network saying essentially you're going out of network, but you're not, you're just transferring your contract somewhere else. So we want to teach that, that language to, you know, be prepared to send things before the insurance companies get the upper hand. So you can really prepare your practice for the changes that are going to take place. So there's so much to it than just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stack my contracts. You really got to know what the backside of that looks like. Okay, so you're going to lock arms with me and my team and help us through all this because I'm telling myself a story that everyone's going to leave and it's going to be horrible. And then do you do a regular, so give me an idea. Are you looking at things annually, quarterly? Like I would imagine we do this once a year just to see if we're getting on the right track, right? Absolutely. So about once a year, you want to have an evaluation, make sure that one, your EOBs are still paying the way you think they are and that your contracts are still stacked the way they are supposed to be stacked. That's what's most important. Um, And then from there, there's new agreements happening every day, right? So what was negotiated 
six months ago for you. Now there's a new agreement with a whole nother company that may be utilized and you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. So the, the rule of thumb used to be every 24 months, you can negotiate your contracts. And so we have clients that will call in and they'll be like, well, I just signed up, you know, six weeks ago or six months ago. And, and I know we can't do anything for a couple of years, but I want to be prepared. That's not true. There's so many different ways to be contracted for one patient base. You can make changes today. Yeah, this is so great. This is so great. So if I'm listening, like, where do I find you? How do I find out more? Tell me where to go. Absolutely. Go to ppoadvisors.com. We're on the web and you can schedule a consultation right from our website. You can call us and there's always going to be a team member that takes that phone call. Um, we're not one of those companies that's, you know, out there in, in a different country and routing things to to other people. So we're, we're a Midwest based company. We're out of Kansas City. Uh, everyone that works for us has had experience in the dental office with dental insurance. So we are able to really relate to your own practice. We've been sitting in the exact same position with your staff at one point in time. So um, we're available to, you know, just have conversations. If you just want education and you don't, you know, you're not feeling ready for the service, that's great. We would much rather talk to any provider or provider staff than an insurance company. So if we get that opportunity, we'll take it too. Yeah, this is so awesome. So if you're listening, you're driving or you're cleaning the garage when you're listening to this podcast and you're not taking notes, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. So if you flip up to the notes below this episode, you're going to see a link to all the things that Shelly mentioned. You could click right on the link. It's going to take you directly to that. And I'm going to encourage you to check that out. So Shelly, any last thoughts you have on this insurance-free, is it right for me? What would you say? If I had to say one last thing, it would be don't just sit on your contracts and understanding your PPOs because it's too overwhelming. You're losing money if you don't know how you're set up. So get it, just take charge, start that process of, you know, let's start figuring out how we're a network and don't, don't get so overwhelmed with the process because it can really be something that is able to make huge strides and changes within your practice by just making a few easy tweaks. Yeah. Amen. So well said. Thank you for being on. This has been Thank so great. You. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's all. We'll stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else. But uh, thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, I hope you like my new friend, Shelly. She's like, and keep showing up because this is our jam here. Our job is to bring you great information, help you think better, and create a better practice and a better life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.